Hey, everybody. We've seen a lot of strange habits when it comes to hiring DevRel folks over the past few years. But recently, a surprising phenomenon has occurred. A large-scale layoff or massive reorgs leading to many folks in DevRel being suddenly unemployed. What are the knock-on effects we can expect from this? What are folks impacted by this doing as next steps? Let's find out more. You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangval, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. Over the past few months, we've seen a lot of change in the tech landscape. As DevRel practitioners, the biggest shock was the massive layoffs being experienced by so many of our friends and colleagues. To speak to this and get some perspective on the different points of view, we've gathered Yarek Yarbowski, Aaron Bakal staples and PJ Metz. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hello, hello. Uh, my name is Yarek, and I am the head of operations for Advoco, which is a tool for uh, running, managing ambassador programs, so a bit of DevRel, and I'm probably the, the only one who is the least visible here on the video because it's night here in Poland. Hi all, I'm Erin. I am currently a senior developer community advocate at Label Studio. Um, I've been in the community and developer space kind of for past the last five or so years. Um, made my way detoured in through the world of product. Outside of that, I'm a tech educator, um, an adjunct professor at NYU teaching tech skills to journalists and a stand-up comedian. So I host a stand-up comedy show in Brooklyn, New York, if you're around, and sometimes virtually. Hi, I'm PJ Metz, the other PJ. Um, uh, you can expect a dual album from the uh, PJ Haggerty and myself. We're going to do some folk punk, I guess. I don't know. It's good. It's uh, dropping but- soon. It's you, you guys just keep watching. I promise it'll show up on Spotify one day. Um, I am as of uh, this upcoming Monday, I'll be the developer community manager for projectdiscovery.io, a um, security based uh, open source project that focuses on bug bounty hunting. I'm excited to start that new gig. And um, I like the 80s and I have a very subdued, uh, easy to miss personality. For those of you listening to the podcast later, my background is 8,000 colors strong. I'm wearing a hat that says looking snazzy, feeling jazzy, and I'm, I'm basically unmissable. Yes. Mets the Bounder Hunter. I like that. Um, let's, let's go in reverse order for this first question. Um, we all have the feels about what's going on in terms of our temperature. So let's start with you, PJ. How do you feel about this period that we're experiencing right now? Um... It, so I feel like everyone has been talking about layoffs since like last summer, maybe ish. I remember hearing it was. It seemed like the big companies were doing these layoffs, and um, I was watching it and like, oh man, that looks difficult. And at my previous company, because I got laid off um, about a month ago. Oh my gosh, like exactly a month ago, um, pretty much. And there's a sense of who it's affecting more. And it does seem to be focused on these things that are harder to kind of prove that it's making money. And community and DevRel have never been directly tied to uh, bringing in income, but everyone knows there's a connection, but no one knows. It's like magic, right? So it seems like when they're like, well, where do we 
where do we save money? It's, well, we're spending all this money over here, but it doesn't bring in any money. Um, and it's from a business standpoint, if you're looking at dollars, I guess that makes sense. But from a what's going to happen afterwards when you get rid of the people that are helping your community understand your product and use your product better and engage with your community, what happens when you no longer have people that are doing that is you're going to lose community and you're going to lose people paying attention and and knowing how to do things in general. So it's I, I sort of like saw it happening and I was like, oh, this is terrible from a long term perspective. But, you know, if I had a billion dollars and, you know, didn't understand how community worked, I might I might feel the same way that the people doing the layoffs do. Is that like sad, confused and empathetic, I guess. Let's go with you, Aaron. How are you feeling? Yeah, this is um, an interesting question. I was laid off in August of last year, actually from a community tooling company, which has its own levels of thoughts and things. I did write about it on my blog. If I was smart and had that prepped, I'd put the link in here in the chat. Um, but maybe we'll get there eventually. Do that in post. We, we can add it um, in post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but um, my thoughts are really interesting. And I think um, one of the things that took me a while to like figure out is like there is this dichotomy, kind of what PJ touched on of this idea that community is about, you know, in one way you're like, build good relationships, make vibes, like make friends. But like, let's be honest, like we're not like, you don't like, yes, I've made so many great friends through the work that I do. Like, you know, I've gotten to know Wesley and I've gotten to know PJ and I'm excited to like meet some of you for the first time. But on the flip side, like you also gotten to know PJ. Yeah. I've also gotten to know PJ. Like so many PJs. So many PJs. I Who's another PJ I can meet? Like, maybe I'll meet another one through this. But on that flip side, like, when you first go to a developer community or a support forum, like, you're never like, oh, man, I wish I'm going to make my new best friend here. Like, that's not, like, your intention. Like, you don't, I don't know that anybody intends to. If you are, maybe that's a, sign me up because it sounds like a cool place to be. Like, usually your first reaction is, like, I need to do something or solve a task. And not everybody knows that and that's part of like the the whole shtick of things um but yeah and that's you know tying it back to business value tying it back to you know the goals is this double-edged sword like how can we advocate for more business value or more you know growth if our goal is good vibes the mm-hmm. good vibes mm-hmm. are expensive so yo uh my <laughs> hobbies are unfortunately not cheap Right. Exactly. Exactly. Don't we all? Yark, what what are your thoughts on this? My friend uh, tends to say that you can't pay taxes with likes and good vibes. And this is probably why, well, even though we might not like it, we need to somehow tie the deferral activities to business goals. And we are all even if you are working in open source, you are all we are all working in um, in an in an organization that needs to make money. So I know that this is harsh and this might be difficult to hear, but all the business activities need to bring some value, and I do understand that it is difficult from time to time to tie several activities with financial uh, results. But 
if we want to bring value to the companies, we need to survive. So if we want DevRel to bring value, we need Dev, the Dev, we need DevRel to be there. And if we want DevRel to be there, we need to show the value. And the value can be monetary, but it can also be other way. But if we don't show the value, well, we might just as yeah, like lose DevRel because the value needs to be there. And I know that this is tough, but well, I think this is this is the the situation that we are in currently. And I know that if it if it strikes you personally, I mean, if you are if you are affected by the layoffs, it is probably even more difficult for you. And the time is difficult to find a new, at least for some people, it is difficult to find a good position. But at least I think that there might be some good in the situation because we will focus on bringing even more value and and how to and how to show this value my background actually is in hr and hr is also a field which usually is not tied to value to the business value to the bring value it is a cost like only a cost not a value and if and and this is what I from time to time when I talk to HR um, people still, I tell them that you need to show the value. This is the same with DevRel here. I used to work for tech support at Dell, and they used to call us a cost center. Like we we spend money, we don't make money, and so I totally understand that point. Uh, Aaron, did you you had something else to add on to that? Yeah, on I think Derek, you make a really I love this point. Um, one of the things I wanted to highlight was like talking on that is there's also in my time and you know I think we just heard PJ share this I was very fortunate that I didn't have to run and jump into a new job right away I did take a mental break I was pretty burnt out and didn't realize I was burnt out until you know that first week off I was like oh crap maybe I was burnt out but I was very fortunate in my job search to have multiple opportunities come this way and I know multiple people are searching but and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm even curious to start this discussion. Is the same flip side the case if there is, you know, opportunities or we still are seeing opportunities, we're still seeing options go, we're still seeing things happening in this space currently. And so I don't have like, it's not like this industry is going anywhere. We're, we still know that it happens. And I've also seen that people in this industry have been burnt and they don't want to stay in this industry. Well, that and that's that's a whole other that's a that's an interesting thing about DevRel too is it's a very it's an easily burnoutable job. I know that it's probably outdated, but there was a stat that people only last about eighteen months to two years in this job, and I learned that on my fifth year in DevRel, which I think was interesting. But um, aside from that, I think that I, in my opinion, just looking at things uh, as you know, someone who ran a business doing DevRel and and now works as an IC. I feel like a lot of the talk that we're seeing, though, the causes, the actual causes for what's going on are outside of DevRel itself. Like, I know I agree with everything everybody said. We definitely need to show value. Um, and if Mary was here, I would make a joke about someone writing a book about it. But she's not. So the joke's wasting. Um, but like the idea is, you know, we, we de- there are ways definitely for us to prove value. But this situation seemed to arise from something completely outside of what we were doing. 
Um, it's just that for some reason, the traditional attitude was like, well, let's hit up the people that cost us money. But it wasn't the salespeople who traditionally bring in less top of funnel action than the DevRel teams at, at a well-run DevRel team. It wasn't, you know, the marketing folks who are a huge cost center and aren't out there gathering up a community and stuff. It was DevRel. But the cause in and of itself was this, and I'm going to say it, this is going to be controversial. Wesley, we're going to get emails about this. A fake recession. Um, you know, the, and the idea was based on the fact that, oh, well, there's inflation. I like faux recession. Faux, faux recession feels a little yeah. bit bougie, but we'll go with it. Yeah. But you know, the, the cause was like this imaginary recession because there's inflation. Inflation's at 50%. Inflation's actually at 6%, but costs are up 50%. It's not the same thing. We're not going to get into that in this podcast. But all of a sudden, all these companies were like, oh, crap, we don't have the money to pay for things. Like, what can we get rid of? What, what's a good thing? DevRel. And it seemed like a default thing. But what do you think, you know, do you think that this is going to lead to like a big lead up where a bunch of DevRel people are going to get rehired or, uh, you know, how, how's it going to work? And I'm going to, I'm going to toss it to, to Yarek first this time. Yeah. I actually think that um, some, sometime needs to, 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 we need to wait uh, at least a little bit, but I think that smart companies, smart organization will hire the best people that will be available now well okay the best people will not be available because they will be not laid off but quite a lot of people who are great at DevRel will be available and the smart companies will use that and will hire them and will create even better programs even more impact even more value so i think that there will be companies that think in a sh like short term perspective and they think of DevRel as costs only, but those companies that know that community can bring value and that there is this thing and it's real, the community, um, community led growth is real, those companies will stay in DevRel and they will hire DevRels and will use DevRel in the following years. So I don't think it is time to pack up your things and look for other job. I think it is a time to like reassess what are you doing and look for the organization that will be um, most suitable for you. All right, PJ, you're nodding. You want to jump in on that? Um, I, I really like the idea of... Uh, since there was a lot of these layoffs in DevRel, there are currently a lot of DevRel folks looking for a position. And there's a lot of really good people in that group. And they're going to get picked up first. So if you're waiting to build a great DevRel team later until uh, these unprecedented times are over or until, what's the thing they always said, uh, these rocky economic forecasts or whatever, if you're waiting till that's done, you're you're not going to have as large of a pool to pick from, you know? And so you're going to be picking people that are... And, and no one's left over. I haven't met a DevRel person that, that I'm like, hey, this person's bad at their job. Like, everyone I meet is authentic and kind and good. But if you're waiting, it is a smaller pool. So if you're hoping to grab someone that you see out there, you're like, oh, that person got laid off. I've had my eye on them for a while. And you wait... Are they going to be available? Or are they going to get picked up by by someone relatively quickly? And are they going to stick around there for a while? And then 
Are you just waiting for that person you've wanted to hire to, to come back? So that, that initial idea of like um, l companies that want to have a great DevRel team, you, you have to start building it sooner rather than later. You can't, you can't wait because, and, and this is what I've experienced with DevRel, there are so many things that a DevRel person can do that you're essentially getting this uh, really valuable almost Swiss Army knife. Um, and the sooner you bring that on, the more functionality you discover from this person and the more you discover they can do, the more valuable they become over time. It is, it is a long-term play to have a DevRel team. DevRel doesn't, uh, move the needle immediately, um, unless you're hiring for follower count. Sure. But generally it's, it's a long-term play. And I think long-term plays set you up better for the future than what? just hiring a person for right now. And I think Absolutely. that even speaks to teams that are existing, you know, sorry for jumping in here, but we no, forget that's... that like, we forget that like there are people that are employed right now. And if we don't take care of them, what's the cost? Like I last heard it was like $7,000 to hire someone like, or something. It's like stupid amounts of money to hire and train and get someone new up to speed. I would say even more so in these people facing positions because you're building relationships with the community that you're working with. So like, take care. If you do have a DevRel team or a community team, take care of them. That means time off. That means, you know, fair and equitable compensation. That means transparency. That means making sure they're having the resources that they need to be successful. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate. I absolutely you know, I'm very happy where I'm working right now. I love what I'm doing right now. I love being in the open source world right now. And, you know, things like we had a launch this week. And so my boss is very like, how are you taking care of yourself post this launch? Like, where are you taking time for you so you can recharge so I can get you back on your feet as needed? And I think that's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have a question. Like, we, we've talked about DevRel, but and to, to PJ's point that we're very cross-discipline, we work with a lot of teams internally, externally. Um, so that I think for from a point of, of view, like our vantage point of how this goes, I think is extremely unique. Um, I'm, so I'd like to dig deeper into that with the, the layoffs and recessions. What are the other roles that are adjacent to DevRel that you see being affected as well? Like, is it marketing? Is it sales that you said, PJ? Like, um, who who are the other, like, fall-offs that are also being affected by this? And let's start with you, Yari. Well, as far as I know, no role is safe. Like, you can be affected in any role. And this is a, just a tough situation for so many people. And I don't know. I don't know if there are departments or roles that are affected like more, and there are those that are um, affected less. But as as far as I know, it, it's different for different organizations because if you have inflated a part of your company, now you can you you need to deflate it or you like make this decision to deflate it and if you have inflated more the marketing team or, or something like that then you cut people there but there is no position that is safe safe right now 
Aaron, I think you said that you had a companion role that you think that is also related I've as well. Had a few friends that are technical writers um, lose their space because docs aren't that important, as we all know. <laughs> Who needs to read the docs? Says the person. Well, who they practically write themselves. Yeah, they just write themselves, like, says the person who was yelling at it because I didn't need to read the docs and then did something wrong for two hours. And the answer was in the docs, <laughs> like, line two. Um, whoops. Nobody reads I, line I two. Seeing, yeah, just skip to, like, uh, no one reads. Who needs a writer anyway? But seriously, I am seeing technical writers, unfortunately, laid off. Um, wink, wink, we're hiring one. Come work with me, please. All right, you heard it here first, folks. It's like a mix of letters. So RTFMPJ, you're next. <laughs> I just love this show so much. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> um, we live to yeah, entertain. So, yeah, technical writers for sure. I think that like um, uh, like developer education, which I feel like like it, like I feel this all comes under the umbrella of community. Really, like DevRel is at its heart about relationships and about community like a good devrel is meeting individuals talking to audiences building relationships through demos through code through blogs through videos through live streams we are building relationships ever and that's community so i feel like anything under that is is something that we're seeing a lot uh even like internal learning and development like if you're like oh well like we've got this team that helps build a learning management system and puts content in our learning management system so people have a place to go and learn how to do whatever or how to get certified in you know our particular offerings like i feel like that's something that can get hit as well because these these things that don't directly generate revenue or create product the core product are seen as and and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like uh those are seen as expendable or easily replaceable like we if we really need it later we can bring them in but for now we have what we need there and it's done or it's working or it's doing what it's supposed to and we'll just replace it later if we have to um you know and so for me those those positions that are related to anything that is not driving income specifically or um creating product or features or whatever i feel like those are the ones that i've seen more at risk like and to add some context to this my, i was on at my former job a community relations team of 10 people the layoffs at my company the reduction in force which is the lamest phrase i've ever heard but i guess that's the technical <laughs> term um well seven percent and when i saw the email that said seven percent i was like "Ooh, like that's a chunk but like okay and then i saw a person on my team was laid off and I was like, well, we're only 10 people. So there's our 7%. Four total people from my team let go from the community relations team. 40% wow. of the team let go. And so it's clear that this was seen as a place where they could save some money. Right. And I, I think that, I think the interesting thing too is, you know, we've, we've talked on this show, especially about how have building those teams having people that have like specific jobs, like I'm a technical content writer. I'm an ed a community educator. I'm working on the LMS system. I'm the person who goes out and speaks and I'm the person who's doing all the Twitch streams and blah, blah. So we had all this diversification of position, but what I'm wondering is with, with all of this, you know, recession talk and layoffs and people losing jobs, 
are we going to go back to the, uh, you know, like PJ, you, you said the single DevRel, uh, you know, Swiss army knife where it's like, Hey, I am the one producing the blog content and I am the one doing the podcast and I am the one speaking at engagements and I am the one writing the documentation and the case studies and every other piece of thing. And when the CEO talks, I wrote his talk too. Um, like, do you think we're going to see like a step back to that where like community will all be handled by one person or a very small team and people are going to try to like run lean for as long as they can? Anyone feel free to jump in. No, no. I think, I think it'll just be less work because I feel like, I mean, I hope, right? Like I hope people are going to be like, Nope, I can't do a hundred percent of the things you need to decide what's most important and tell me what that is. But isn't that just the hardest thing to say when, say, you just got laid off and now you're at a new company and they're like, hey, I need you to do these eight things. And you're like, yeah, I do like paying my rent and having food to eat, so I'm going to do that. Um, it's so easy to get into overworking yourself because you want to be seen as mm-hmm. as versatile and as useful and as, well, we can't get rid of this person because look at the the width of the things they do, you know? Right. So I hope I hope it doesn't turn back into that because didn't y'all already do that? <laughs> Have we been through this before? <laughs> I feel like we played this game. The the one that I loved and this has happened to me at two companies, one I left on my own terms and one was, you know, a layoff, but um is the the question of, oh wait, you were doing that? Like I'm like Yeah. Or all the stuff that gets in like to, that you didn't realize that you set up with your email that like now is getting forwarded on and you're like, ah, someone should probably handle this. Can you please remove me or things like that? Um, I would like to know what it's like to be on a team. I've the largest community and DevRel team I've been on has only been five people. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. My, my DevRel career started with a team of five. Um, and it was interesting because that, that very thing that you just mentioned, Aaron, happened where the, the company was shrinking, bad decisions were made financially. They decided to bring it down. And the first, we were like, we weren't the first thought they didn't come to us to like the third round. And at the time I was the head of the team. So I was like, all right, we'll divide everything up and then I'll be the last to leave. I'll make sure to get the lights when the door closes. Um, and I did. And about a year later I had opened Deverlate and the same company came up and they're like, Hey, so there was a bunch of things that you were doing and you had like a playbook and stuff. And we don't know where any of that is. Can you like, can we be clients of yours? And they were for four years uh, because they, they realized that getting rid of the DevRel team was the biggest mistake they had made. And I think that this is going to be another situation where a lot of companies are going to be like, hey, so we just shot ourselves in the foot, right? How do we fix this? Um, but in the meantime, I think it is going to be a situation where they're going to be like, cool, can everyone please do for us real quick? Can you do as much for us as possible until we burn you out and hire somebody else? Yark, you're laughing. Do you have some thoughts on that? <laughs> Not on that, but actually uh, what Aaron has uh, has just mentioned, I think that one um, recommendation I would have for people in DevRel is to, to show off at least a little bit, to show your work. Because if you do your work and it's not being seen, then, well, it, it can be hit, you know? And if you show your work and if you if you track what you're doing, if you track what you're bringing, if you show the value, it's much easier to be the 
treated as the core team. So I know that so many of, of our listeners are doing so many great things, but if they are not seen, I mean, the things that they're doing are not seen, it, they, they might, might not do them. And this, I think this is a big problem if you are not an extrovert who wants to show off because we are often said that we shouldn't show off. But in the work-related situations, at least from time to time, you need to show your work. And the same is with ambassador programs with, that we see if company is doing ambassador program and is tracking the value that the ambassador program brings, they know that it is valuable and they want to still have it. If they don't track it, they don't really see the value and they can just leave it. And only after a couple of years, maybe two, three, four years, they see that there, there is something missing. That's, that's an amazing tip about like mentality in terms of coming from not having a job, being laid off, and then getting to the job market and then finally getting a job where you're starting fresh, like it's a clean slate. And so showing your work is one thing to kind of like, I guess, make sure that the company feels comfortable with your work. Um, and let's start with you again, Yarek. What would you do if you're in this position or everyone who's in this position, what would you do knowing what you've known, going through that process? What would you do for like self-care or self-preservation besides showing your work? What other things would you would you do? For self-care and self-preservation? Well, for self-care, I'd, uh, I would take care of my mental health with, uh, with meditation, which is what I do. But this is not, uh, this might not be that related to, to death row. To, to, for self-preservation at the company, I would make sure that I know what is expected of me. Because at, at least from my experience, some people go into the position and they think that they know what the managers, the directors, the superiors know what, like, what 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 is expected of them but so many people just think that just think that 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 this is what is expected of them but they don't ask that question so you need to ask what is the core value the core result that you should bring and if you know the core the the, the most important key result that you should bring to the table then it will be much safer for you because you will know how to what you should show to the other people. I'm going to jump in on that. Excuse me, um, but I love that, Yarek. And one of the things I wanted to highlight, um, and this is actually a trick I learned from a recruiter in this process, um, is the it's not just showing your work and it's not just setting the expectations, but it's knowing what your manager's expectations are. So what are the expectations of not only you, but one level above you? Because if you know what they're being judged on and you can make your manager look good, then you're going to keep it going. And that relationship is super good. And shout out Lucy, that was for you. Cause like you taught me that one and was super helpful in my recruiting process when I did that one. And the other trick that I learned is um, that wins folder and keeping at wins folder, it's more than just like, I go in and 
in my like 30 days, 60 day, 90 day reviews, what I've been doing is I bring up my wins folder and I'm like, here is every time a coworker has mentioned something nice, a positive tweet, a comment on a pull request, whatever it is, here is the things that I have done that have brought value to this company. And here's how they relate to the goals of the, not just like my team, but the company as a whole. And bringing that in when I'm having my reviews on my 30, 60, 90s in those first days, we're continuing on to make sure that not only my manager, but my skip level is aware, um, is just kind of one of those really easy hacks to kind of put it together. Because I feel you, Devrel, and like community can get the reputation of being the party fun person that goes to the conferences and goes on the podcast and that can be it. And we're just doesn't mean you can't have both. Like you don't, doesn't mean you can't have have both. both. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't have both. You can't have a great time and be really good at your job. And that's a really important highlight. And especially like, you know, I will offer a female perspective here um, from coming from that lens um, in one of my interview processes, I straight up was told it does not matter about your technical skill set because we just need someone to look good to, to give our technical walkthroughs. Holy crap. And that was my recruiter at a company when I was unemployed, which is like so cringe that I cannot believe that we even have to discuss this in 2023. This was late 2022, but have measurable skills. Like, and that's like, sounds so like, like weird to say, but like demonstrate your skills as well. Like, outputs are important yeah how do you how do you follow up that bomb pj i just can't imagine Sorry, a critter PJ. being like hey hot stuff <laughs> can you type doesn't matter <laughs> um that's an exchange that seems familiar yet illegal i feel like i feel like you're way too comfortable in that conversation that definitely did happen to <laughs> right. you I've been I mean, a, legal uh, in most states. Maybe not. I've been an okay. actor before, um, so I can play a bad guy, no problem. Um, yikes, that's awful, Aaron. I'm really sorry that happened yeah. um, in this, the year of our Lord 2023. Come on. Uh, I'm actually, I'm so disgusted by that. I can't remember what the original <laughs> question was. I got sidetracked. So I need to go kick someone. It's National Women's Month. Who do I have to kick in the throat? Um, it's it's this it is a self like preservation in your new Lord. Role. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Self preservation. Okay. Um, things I do uh, to help me when like uh, um, when things are rough. Uh, so first off, I do a thing that I like to do at least once a week. Like it doesn't have to be work related, but like literally for your health, for your sanity. Play the video game you like, play the sport you like, pick up the book you like, watch the streaming service you like. Um, I try and make time to watch a horror movie at least once a week because it's my jam. Um, And like that helps me realize there's a real world outside of work. For self-preservation in work, that, that wins folder, or I called it a brag doc, literally every good thing that happened and every single thing I did, I would put into the brag doc. It was like... You know, like, pushed a merge request that fixed 17 typos. I put it in there. Am I going to bring it up? No, I'm not going to bring it up with my manager and be like, don't don't forget, I fixed a bunch of typos. But you never know what, what the sum of what you've been doing can lead to either. And it's a way for you to see for yourself because it's very easy. Um, I, I come from a non-traditional background. So anytime I'm talking to someone, I worry that I look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, because for me, a lot of commands and like all command line for me is just a bunch of magic words. I still don't know how half of it works. And I know everyone's going to be like, oh, me too. It's all-. No, like seriously, 
I, my first hello world was in 2020. Like, this is all new. So for me, I'm always worried that I look like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm always worried that I look like, 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 like I'm a dummy, you know? And so if I write down all the things I've done, when I go back and read it, I go, oh, yeah, actually, I've done a lot. And, oh, yeah, I have gotten more technical. And look at the things I was, I was doing in my first 30 days. Look at what I'm doing now. Seven months later, look at the technical stuff I'm doing. And I can see my own growth because you don't see your own growth. You never see your own growth until you look far enough back. So that wins folder, that brag doc, number one best thing you can do for yourself at a job, um, 100%. Um, thank you, Aaron, for bringing it up. It's fantastic. All right. Unfortunately, I feel like we could talk about almost every single question we've had and every single answer. We could go on probably for another hour on each one. <laughs> and you're all amazing. At, at, it's good. Thank you so much. Like I think this is fantastic. But we are at that point in the show when it's time for checkouts. So for those of you who don't know, this is episode 77. So if you didn't know that we did checkouts at this point in time, I'm not going to explain them to you. But this is our opportunity to check a few things out. And we will start at the top with Wesley. Uh, so funny that we we're talking about this subject um, during like Lemmy's History Month yeah. right after. Yay! Know. Unintentional yeah. segues. Yeah. <laughs> but my checkout, I guess, is related. It's uh, a set of shirts that are uh, considered uh, in a female cut, um, but it says a fitted uh, cut. A fitted cut. Yeah, fitted fitted cut. Right? We and don't so gender our shirts. And so it says engineer on it for for um, for that type of demographic. And then there is the unisex cut, and it says male engineer. And so I like those this. Are the, I, and there are several, the same with says doctor, and it says male doctor, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of uh, those types of themed shirts that are, have companion, like paired together. And so I thought that was pretty awesome. And I thought, uh, it, and um, the link is to the, to the Facebook page where it is, and the gold is in the comments. So <laughs> read the okay. comments, read and the that's comments. where you'll 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 get like a lot of uh, like pushback or gentle reinforcement, depending on how you. I feel like content. We need to put a content warning on that. Yeah, maybe. So, I'm so I, excited I think, for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I seriously, so... I I want to buy one for my bass player because one of the biggest things back in the day, especially in the '90s, is like, oh, you like that band? Yeah, they have a female bass player. It's like. Why don't they just have a friggin' bass player? So I would love to get a bunch of male bass player t-shirts and buy them for all of my male friends. Yes. So I'm here <laughs> uh, for this. I stay in this content. 100% awesome. Uh, cool. Aaron, what have you got for us? Ooh, I have a couple of ones. Um, first off, uh, Genspace NYC, if you're in the New York City area or you're coming, um, it's a like science camp for adults. Um, it's a legit like lab. That they bring in like real scientists, like are researching cool scientists, and you can do science experiments, and then they teach you how to do really cool things. So I'm taking a petri dish painting watercolor class this month because I don't know, it's just gonna be really. Because why cool. would you not? Because why would you not? It's like science lab, but it's like science camp for adults, and they have like cocktail and science days, and like you learn about this like getting better. cool science things. Yeah. It's like, great, um, go, they have an artificial flavorings class, I believe too, which you make and learn the science item. Super cool. Um, on that other note, I will plug here is a, I started a podcast with Brian Rinaldi and we have it. We actually have our next episode coming up. I am super stoked for, um, it's called Dev Relish. 
And so very excited for that. We've got Cassidy Williams coming up on that. That is going to be our next guest one on the 22nd. It's going to be super fun. And then lastly, uh, because obviously we've got to do the work one as well. Label Studio yesterday, this is a launch week for us. Um, We launched an integrations library. It's completely open source. And we launched Hugging Face Spaces. So if you've never gotten into machine learning or you're like, I've been wanting to, but it's scary. We've made it so much easier. So you can get started without writing a single line of code. So come play with me. Very cool. Did you say face hugging? You said hugging faces. Hugging face spaces. Okay. Because I I, I immediately went to alien and yeah, like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we want that kind of machine. You're going to learn. Yeah, maybe not that kind, but this is like the cool, we're on the data labeling side. So it's like, how do you make sure that your machine learning doesn't have biases? It comes down to like accurate and ethical data. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely, and we will have labels or labels. We will have links to that in the show notes as well. Uh, PJ Metz, what have you got for us? So I've been obsessed with um, the this new release from an artist I follow and really enjoy. His name's Dan Mason. Um, and Dan Mason makes Vaporwave. And he had a really great album back in, like I want to say, like 2015 that I loved called Miami Virtual. Just released a new one called, um, I think it's called Electric Elevator 2, Second Floor. And the vibe is like, uh, like 90s office music. Um, so it's really calming. But... Also, there's like, if you just listen to it, it really is really cool. I love vaporwave music. I love 90s internet nostalgia. And so like, that's what I've been vibing on a lot lately. And I too am going to um, plug work because that's an important thing for me to do. I haven't even started working for them yet. I start Monday, but projectdiscovery.io, Nuclei is a, a bug bounty hunting assisting tool. Um, you plug in a YAML file and you uh, find out if there's some... Uh, you know, holes in your security. And if you do this for a big company, they give you money for it. And um, Project Discovery is a great open source tool. It's been around since 2020. Um, Give it a look if you're into that kind of stuff. And follow me when I start Monday uh, in the developer community manager role. Nice. Yarek, what do you have for us to check out? Yeah, I've got three things. The first, uh, job related. If you are into ambassador programs, or you are an ambassador for a company, expert, champion, hero, however you call it, please do uh, fill our survey. That's because we want to learn your motivations and we want to share them with whole DevRel community. So this is for all of us. So if you run a, an ambassador program or if you were an ambassador or if you know ambassadors, please do uh, take a look and fill it in. Second thing I want to share with you, since I have mentioned meditation, if you want to get into meditation, the at least what took, like what got me across the, the river uh, in terms of meditation was book 10% Happier by Dan Harris, which is, which is a really great book. He's also got an app, I, but I really recommend the book. And the third thing is if you are in Poland, in Wrocław, then let me know and let's have a coffee together. Probably like a long flight for you, but I will (laughs) find a good coffee at least. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Yarek. Um, I haven't been to Wrocław, but I would, and I don't drink coffee, but if I was there, we would drink something. 
I'll just yeah. leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so, so many things to tie in because I, I like to try my checkouts at the end with everybody else's. So the first I have uh, kind of referencing Aaron mentioning stand-up. I have a very good friend, David Nihill. Uh, from Ireland, but currently living in Los Angeles. He's out on tour doing stand-up comedy. So if you can see him, go see him. He's absolutely hysterically funny. But he has this great book that is actually helpful to DevRel people called Do You Speak Funny? And it's about how to get over his issue with public speaking. It was terrifying to him to do public speaking. So what he did was he started calling himself Irish Dave and would convince other people he was a stand-up comedian and let them do his tight... He would let them have them come up to do a tight 10. And that's how he got over the idea of public speaking. He would just come up and tell stories about being Irish. And that's funny enough to most people. Um, but absolutely hysterical. I just saw him here in Buffalo a couple weeks ago. But his book is called Do You Speak Funny? Uh, Seven Tips on Becoming a Better Public Speaker. Uh, Work-wise, uh, and if you didn't know, Spotify released their AI DJ, I think yesterday. Is it you know, two days ago? So if you have a Spotify account, check that out. Um, you can say like, hey, Spotify DJ. I'm going for a run, put some stuff together. There's a great voice by one of one of the uh, music executives uh, called X at Spotify. He, he DJs for you and he will play songs that you really enjoy. So check that out. Um, on an upcoming note, with all the talk of meditation and burnout and self-care, uh, I am, for those of you who don't know, on the board of osmhhelp.org, which is the open sourcing mental health organization that works to make bring more awareness to mental health issues in tech. Uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you are looking for someone to do a talk or get some resources so that you can speak on issues of mental health in tech, please reach out now. Uh, waiting until late April is never a good idea. Usually the speakers are all scooped up by then. But if you need to reach out, you can reach out to me here, pjcommunitypulse.io, or um, you can go to the osmhhelp.org website and reach out to us directly there. But take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Um, with that, that's checkouts. That's our episode. PJ, Yarek, Aaron, thank you so much for being a part of this. As always, Wesley, you are a joy. To everyone listen, listening, thank you for the privilege of your time. We really do appreciate it. And as always, I like to finish with a quote. Um, this one, I don't know why, just kind of stuck in my head. So it's, it's, it's what I started thinking about when we were developing the script for this episode of all things. Um, and it's, it's really complicated. So bear with me as I, as I get this out, it's written by apparently royalty, a gentleman named the King ad rock. And it goes something like this funky boss, funky boss, funky boss, funky boss, funky boss, funky boss, get off my back. And with that, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time on the community pulse. You've been listening to the Community Pulse. Find out more at communitypulse.io, on Twitter at community underscore pulse, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out our extra podcast, The After Pulse. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the